What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. If you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the awesome guests. Like the one I have, the guys I have joining me today, I should say. It's a little different today. I usually have one guest on, now I have two, but Kevin Hoban and Jordy Simkovic, better known as Captain and Cat, have been best friends since meeting at Northwest University. Their friendship continued after college, and they started performing music at kids' parties as characters, Captain and Cat. Over the past 10 years, They've played for countless celebrities, as well as Saudi princesses, which I'm dying to get more information on. <laughs> but today, they have successfully created an entire animated world based on their characters and music. It's a pleasure to welcome Kevin and Jordy, also known as Captain and Cat, to Dad Up. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thank you so thank much, you Brian. It's a pleasure to be here, man. We're super Awesome. Excited. I know I, I, I ran through a really quick bio on you guys, but I do want to get a little bit of a back history of Kevin and also of Jordy. So, you know, maybe Kevin, you could start off, just kind of give me a little back history of you and then, and then we'll feed it over to Jordy and then we'll combine the two and let you guys kind of share how you guys got started and what you're doing now. So with that, Kevin, if you want to start off. Absolutely, Brian. Well, thank you for having us on. This is really cool to do this. Um, I grew up in a suburb of Detroit, Lake Orion, and uh, I was a camp counselor my whole life, childhood into my teen years and into college, and um, I think that's probably where the root of this begins. And uh, I graduated and went to Northwestern, which is where I met the Jordy Cat out in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, um, I I am Jordy Cat, professionally and casually. I grew up in Miami. I grew up in Miami, Florida, playing baseball, having an incredible you know childhood down there. And then I went to Northwestern, where I was studying political science and international studies. And at some point, like kind of towards the end of college, I was like, I have no interest in doing anything with that. (laughs) (laughs) So I pivoted kind of more towards entertainment, which has been what I've been doing ever since I graduated. I live in L.A. and I act and we do music and, you know. Awesome. Okay, so you guys so you guys didn't know each other before college. No, we met in Northwestern and um, we were in the fraternity together. And then we, at some point, were living in a house together with a couple other guys. And we found that like our favorite pastime for the most part was just to get people together in my room, play music. Um, we had a bunch of instruments, tambourines, egg shakers. I used to play like a gigantic djembe <laughs> drum and I'm sure all of our neighbors loved it at like two o'clock in the morning. But it was like an amazing way to end our nights. And you know, we had some incredible afternoons where we just grab a group of people together and everybody just kind of improvises their own thing. And, you know, so we were definitely the Northwestern hippies. <laughs> <laughs> at one point it spilled out into campus and we used to start lining up at like the arch which is the main focal point on campus we'd throw a blanket down with our instruments and we just start jamming out and seeing what would happen you know and northwestern it's a pretty rigorous school so we were trying to lighten the mood a little bit and bring people <laughs> out of their shells and just have them stop and shake an egg on their way to engineering class and it was fun it was really fun and then we graduated and we thought what can we do with this one thing we remembered was that kids, anytime kids would walk by us on campus, they would love it. Like without question, they would grab an egg shaker or a maraca and like just start singing with us and dancing. And then, and then it happened. Yeah. So when we both, we both moved out to LA, like I followed a, I followed a girl who ended up being my wife. 
And um, while we were out here, you know, just trying to look for like fun ways to stay entertained and make a little cash on the side. And so we started doing kids parties on the weekend. And we we started off, it started off all like we found this kids party promoter named Silly Sally. Shout out Silly Sally. <laughs> we found her on Craigslist and it was like, do you know how to do you know how to do like music? Do you know how to have fun? Do you know how to play games? Like we're looking for kids party entertainers. And so we answered their ad. I think we had like a two or three song audition. And then they taught us the bubble show, which we ended up developing. And we performed that for about 10 years on the circuit straight through up until, you know, quarantine and, and the parties kind of died for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to back up a little bit because you guys had this idea to, to, you know, kind of perform at kids parties. Now, truth be told that, I mean, there are a dime a dozen, right? So what kind of made you guys stand out from, from all the rest of them, as far as what you guys do? Well, on the first party, we stood out because we promised a one hour <laughs> bubble show and we made zero bubbles. <laughs> uh, so the part we overlooked was there's a very delicate recipe in how to make a good bubble solution. And we right. showed a kiddie pool full of uh, bad bubble solution. It was a bad mix. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so for an hour, we just hyped up the crowd and got them excited about the big, biggest bubbles they've ever seen, the most bubbles they've ever seen. And then... Wow. And flop, yeah, flopped, flopped the worst. And we did that for imagine. about forty-five minutes before there was just a total revolt from the kids. Like we could not <laughs> keep them together anymore. And they started storming the pool and splashing each other. And then I think at one point the mom came up to us and just said, "That that'll be good, guys." No, I'm, I, it was even it was worse. I'm good. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's cool though, that you had that experience because you, you kind of, you kind of bring up a good point in that you guys really didn't know exactly what you were doing. You just jumped in with both feet and just went for it. And even though for your first time trying to do this bubble party, it was a flop, you still kind of, you know, dove in and, and went after it and did it. So, um, it was, and it, just, it was the best motivation to improve our act. Also. Yeah. <laughs> and, and kids are really, honestly, that's the beauty of performing for kids is they'll immediately let you know what they think. You right. know what I mean? So it was, it's, it's absolute trial by fire up there. And if you don't keep them, it turns, it can turn. That's, yeah. that's when we started writing music, actually, yeah. because we said, we're going to do this again, but we better have something in our back pocket in case the bubbles don't work. Right. So we started writing songs for kids, and that was just to build out our act. And then eventually that, that became the act, was yeah. the kid oh, that's, music. That's, that's awesome. So your first show was kind of a flop. You probably didn't get any tips. <laughs> <laughs> we, actually, we actually got a follow-up call from Silly Sally, like a little bit concerned. <laughs> Like, hey, uh, we just want to make sure, like, you know, we heard it was she She said it so politely, too. She was like, we, you know, we heard you didn't perform the whole time. You didn't end up doing the whole show. We just wanted to make sure everything is OK with what we taught you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Now, I want to ask you for two guys, you know, kind of fresh out of college, moved to a completely different state, you know, out here in California. And neither one of you at the time, I know Kevin has a child now, but neither one of you at the time had kids. So what prompted you guys to start this show? Honestly, I think it's just a demographic that we have had a lot of success in speaking to and a demographic that we understand. And I mean, a lot of it is just like us taking the silly stuff that we would otherwise were otherwise doing at the time like juggling, like performing, you know, you know, like writing songs, playing music, always, you know, we were always playing music together. 
And then just taking that and realizing that that kids are probably our, our best audience at this point. Mm. And, and I think it was a natural choice because, like I mentioned, I was a camp counselor my whole life. I've always worked with kids. Uh, Jordan's a teacher and a tutor. Yeah. So we said, where can we perform? And um, and it just, you know, the pieces kind of fell into place that way. Yeah. Mm. And there's also a lot of kids birthday parties in Los Angeles. So, you know, when, <laughs> right, we're, when right. we're cranking, when we're cranking, we were doing five, six shows a weekend, which is exhausting. Right. Now you guys, you guys, I mean, it started, I'm assuming it was, it was rolling pretty well. And then unfortunately COVID hit. What, how did you guys pivot? Uh, because I know, you know, when that kind of, when you're doing that kind of show or that kind of entertainment where you got to have really a live audience and, you know, you can't be around people. How did you guys pivot from that? Well, we started thinking about what can we do, obviously, to, to share our music uh, and these ideas and these characters and these stories that we'd come up with virtually. And my wife, to her credit, said, you know what? You guys got to record your songs. What have you been doing? Because <laughs> for years we had these songs and we didn't record them. So we, we got our act together and we made a few Google Docs. We actually wrote down the lyrics, uh, went into the studio, and then it, it just kind of snowballed, I think, from there. We loved the process, the creative process of really breaking down the lyrics and thinking about, well, if we were to animate this, if we were to make a music video out of this, what would we do? And we said, well, we'd create characters and we'd put them in there. And then we started brainstorming this whole world with all these animal characters and Cat, Captain and Cat are uh, sailing around the world with this kind of wacky crew of characters and singing songs about the places they go. Yeah, because the interesting, like all the through line of all of our songs was always kind of about exploring. And so like whether or not it was different places we would like to go, just like keeping your eye out on different things and keeping your eye out on the environment. And so we're like, actually, that's that's a perfect way to like a perfect thing to build a world around. Mm. And so we have the we have the animated component of Captain and Cat. And we've also been uh, as we've been releasing it online, also doing a live component of Kevin and I as the real life characters, Captain and Cat. And we've had a lot of uh, a lot of success with that. and It's been super fun doing it, too. Awesome. And have you guys been able to pick back up with the uh, in-person kids shows yet? Or that's actually hilarious. I got my our first request. I got this week. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So that's, that's like, cool. it's a perfect barometer. It's like the, the opposite of the canary in the coal mine or something. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> it's like the olive branch that comes back to Noah from the dub. And so it's like, ah, oh, we're getting back. All right. So now what about, what about, uh, have you guys gone, gonna, gonna make an album? What are you guys going to do kind of to further it along? I mean, obviously you got the kids show you do in person, you got the animated part of it. You know, obviously you got your social media, you do have some songs and stuff that are out there, but are you guys going to put an album together or do you have an album? So I think interestingly through COVID, through the last year, and this journey that we kind of went on with recording our music, then anim animating our music, and then really kind of describing what we were doing and then turning it into a live video because honestly animation takes forever. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it was, I work in television, but I'd never done animation before and it is grueling. It just, it's the simple fact of it's very time. It's been very labor intensive. And so we, while we were waiting for animations to come out, realized that we should just record live videos of ourselves because at least we could post something on Instagram and Facebook and, and, and that started getting the best reception, I think, of everything that we're doing so far. So our next step is to kind of evolve that part of it more. And we're going to go out and film uh, some longer form episodes of Captain and Cat out in the world. That's awesome, because that's, that's what I see is I see, you know, these albums coming out where you have, you know, CDs or whatever that, that 
parents can throw in their cars and, and can drive themselves crazy while the kids are singing along. And, you know, and then, uh, I mean, and then I see even like a kid's book, like a captain and cat kids book that you guys could do as well. So we're actually for our song, our song shape safari is all about like finding shapes out in your environment. We were talking about doing a coloring book and like kind of featuring it with those pages. So the more we kind of like toy with these ideas, the more avenues we see for just like keeping expanding our content and just like different ways to reach out and keep it fun and, you know, engage with all the people who are loving our music so far. Yeah, that's the, the best part of it. I think the most unexpected part is when we play a party for you know, 20 kids, that's great. And that's a, that's a fun time. But putting it out onto the Internet and getting a mass response is I don't know, heartwarming, I guess. Is right. That's, that's very cool. So let me ask you this. What have you guys learned about kids while doing your show? Cause obviously, like I said, Kevin, you've got a, you got a young one at home and then Jordy, you and your wife don't have a child yet, but I mean, you guys have to have learned some things about kids and doing these shows. You actually learn a lot from being on like that amount of interaction with kids is incredibly telling. And like you learn so quickly just from being up there. One thing I learned was, you know, especially, and you see this a lot with like people who are unfamiliar with talking to kids, they'll unnaturally like, hey, you know, like modulate their voice. And after a while, you know what I found out? Like I started off doing that because that's kind of the trap and everybody wants to be engaged into a child. But then what I actually found was like, when you just talk to them as almost equals, the same way I'm talking to you, like I would literally do a lot of shows just like talking in this tone pretty much. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like they appreciate being, they appreciate people who, I guess, appreciate, like recognize their intelligence and are not trying to lie to them. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, another great thing would be like, anytime there would be a little flub in the show, I would always try to like hide it and brush it aside or something like that and kind of panic. And I feel like that immediately reads. But when you acknowledge it and kind of lean in, kids will die. Like those will end up being like the best moments of our show. So I guess what you what it take the takeaway here is like they have an incredible lie detector <laughs> and, and can tell insincerity from a mile away. But if you caught a cop to what you're doing and like even a mistake, they'll trust you and and, and love you for it immediately. Mm. Yeah, that's very that's very cool. I don't know if Kevin, if you wanted to uh to share on your experience. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway has been if you show that you're having fun with whatever it is you're presenting to them they'll, they'll buy into it, you know, and, and that we are having fun genuinely when we do this, we, there was no other reason we weren't doing this for money and we were just doing it to have a fun time. And I think kids, kids bought into that really quickly and saw that like songs we were writing, we obviously like it's, it makes us laugh when we're writing this (laughs) stuff and performing it for kids. It's authentic. We're really having a blast up there. And, and that, and the other lesson I would learn is if you introduce a nemesis, Kids go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So we, at one point, introduced the bubble-popping pirate. Bubble-popping pirate. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just Jordan uh, with an eye patch on. Uh, Actually, pretty terrifying eye patch on. I I snuck away. I snuck away right in the middle of the show. Like, Kevin started doing a trick called the hot dog bubbles, which are these enormous, like, rainbow-shaped, hot dog-shaped bubbles. And I would sneak away. I, I think at some point I was like, I got to go, Captain Kevin. And then I would show up <laughs> minutes later with, <laughs> with the most bootleg Party City pirate costume anybody has ever seen in their lives. <laughs> and, the guy, 
like I borrowed one of my wife's scarves and I tied it as a do-rag and I had an eye patch and a hook. And then right in the middle of the show when Kevin was about to make his biggest bubble, I would come right up behind him and pop his bubble with the hook and do that very loud art. And honestly, <laughs> you would feel, you could hear a pin drop in the room. It was, and I would go, ah, it's the bubble popping pirates. And the kids would jump out of their seats. <laughs> and the whole show we had been hyping up, like if you see the bubble popping pirate, you better scream. You know what I mean? And so they would right. see him scream, and then Captain Kevin would the uh, tell him how you defeated me, Captain Kevin. Oh, uh, well, I had a magic trick that I picked up, and I would make a bubble that turned into a plastic ball. And the pirate could not pop this plastic ball. And it would distract him long enough um, for me to very gently stab him with my bubble wand. <laughs> Arr, that's a very bad boo-boo. Captain Kevin. <laughs> and, and then he would slink off and the kids would celebrate and um, and then the Jordy Cat would just come back in yeah. and uh, and say, what have I missed? Right. There's one nine-year-old. There's always one nine-year-old who is like, <laughs> you were the bubble-popping pirate. Right. I was like, how can I be the bubble-popping pirate? I have two <laughs> eyes. And, you know, it depends. It's an interesting choice of how long you engage with the heckler on that. Right. <laughs> it can quickly derail a show sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you guys get them um, doing activities with you or uh, making them kind of, instead of just being the audience, do you have them engage as kind of part of the show? Oh, every wand we demonstrate. So every wand has a little bit of a story. And every wand that we demonstrate, we call a kid. It, it, the story is interactive very much so. I think one of them is like planting flowers. One of them is like a little bit of a baby butterfly. And they all come up, you know, the story is interactive. And then they come up at the end and everybody gets to do the tricks. Mm, that's would, very cool. I would say with all of our songs, anything that we do for kids, we, we present a story as like the build up to it. Um, in the swamp is great. We make animal noises with them and get them excited as if they're really going to take a trip there. Um, but yeah, you have to do that. I think call and answer is a huge, oh, yeah. it's like the secret weapon of a uh, kid's oh. party performing. And you know what? Also, it's, this reminds me of like one time we had a booker who'd come and watched us and she gave me some incredible advice about this. She was like, you know what? You can't, the, the tendency is to kind of like scream and like be like very loud and in your face. And she's like, try using silence a little bit more judiciously. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh. So you can kind of pull back a little bit and, you know, just like a little tricks of the trade, like that, that you realize, like after you start trusting that you have their attention, kind of how you can use that and play with it throughout the show. That's cool. That's cool. Now, what about your wives? Do you guys get them involved or are they part of the act at all? Or just you guys? <laughs> uh, well, we lovingly call my wife, our manager, uh, okay. and Gordon's wife is our agent. Yes. Um, I would say it's more like, you know, my wife, I think is a, uh, She's a motivational force for sure. And she's been really inspiring actually to us that, you know, I got married and I, I think I told her on like our first date, like, I just want you to know, like, yeah, I'm a TV producer, but I also have this other job that I do. Um, so I'm going to get this out there. Like I perform for kids. I can understand if, that, if that's a deal breaker. Um, and her response, I'll never forget. I think it's probably why she's the one where she was like, I love that about you. I was like, Oh, come on. I thought she was being sarcastic. I thought she was heckling me. And she was like, no, I, I really, I love that about you. Um, and she's been supportive of her sense. And so Jordan's wife, Jira has been hugely influential. She actually met us after that terrible first bubble show. She met us and bought us chicken wings afterwards. Oh. Up when we thought that we were never going to bubble in this town again. <laughs> 
That's very cool. And, That's awesome. And they've been honestly, they've been the people saying like, you know, get your get your music out on the internet, get everything out. And you know, so it, it, that's we couldn't have done it without them. We probably wouldn't have gone this far without them. And now, uh, just last night, my wife was giving us a speech about how we got to get out there, we got to film episodes, and we got to put it out on the internet. And so we're doing it. We're going to awesome. we're going out. That's very cool. Awesome. I love that. I love that you guys got them kind of uh, bought into the idea of of expanding. Uh, that's just that's very cool. Um, and one thing's important is, as you know, as husbands to have a supportive wife, um, is so important. And not only that, but you being supportive of what they're doing as well. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. My wife is very supportive of the podcast. She's, she loves it. And, uh, she even tries to find me guests as well. So, um, it's yeah, awesome. you, do, you know, like you, when you're doing a, a job and then you're doing a creative passion of yours, it, it's, you know, it'd be very easy for your wife to be like, no, focus on the thing that brings home the paycheck every week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you guys do stories with you in your shows. Um, and you guys may have, may have touched on it a bit earlier, but how, how, uh, educational are your shows? Do you guys use any kind of educational props or, or, or is there any educational emphasis behind your show that yeah. parents can use to kind of enrich their kids? Yeah, for sure. Our, a lot of our, so basically the way our, like our episodes are going to be structured or that captain and the crew always are exploring a new location. And so we're going to do a lot of like ecosystem and nature work and like exploring nature. And within each of those ecosystems, there are going to be certain animals that are a little bit more like kind of human-like or anthropomorphized. And so those people will be having kind of their own social issue or like kind of social learning issues. And we're going to kind of use their situation to teach, you know, Captain and Cat will learn, uh, the people will learn, we'll come up with a solution and we'll also have like viewers and also we're working on like our song Shape Safari, for instance, has a lot of like kind of more practical knowledge. And so we're kind of toying with all three of those. I would say, um, you know, we're generally kind of our sweet spot is the, the preschool kindergarten curriculum, like ages two to seven. So we're, we're trying to hit the practical skills, you know, your shapes, your colors, your numbers, but also teaching the socio-emotional lessons that we enjoy conveying kind of the Mr. Rogers side of things. And we've had a lot of parents reach out to us and say that they really appreciated that as well. So that's when we're when we're writing songs or when we're writing episodes, that's really what's in the back of our mind is 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 like how can we, you know, I, I think actually as being a new dad, I think about like what would I want my daughter to learn and and how can I convey that? Mm, I love that. What? Yeah. I mean, how, now how old is your daughter, Kevin? Uh, she's only four months now, so okay. safe to say everything I'm doing is going way over her head. Uh, <laughs> and I have to say, I, I'm very sensitive to her as my audience. If I sing the lullaby and she doesn't go to sleep, <laughs> I have to take a deep look inside. Say, what, what was I, I off key? <laughs> cross, cross that lullaby off for kids. Well, I tell right? my wife, like, once she's two years old, that's when I step in, and that's when I'll really shine as a parent. That's my moment. Um, until then, uh, you know, the entertainment kind of falls on deaf ears, but it does, it gives everything cause we've been doing this for years. Right. And now having a kid, I think does put it into a new lens of, of maybe even just driving me more because, uh, I just look at sometimes like what, you know, what's your legacy that you want your kids to see. And I've done a lot of cool things in TV, but this is something really special and unique to having a young kid that I feel like is something really special I could do for her as she gets older. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask you guys about 
so how many do you guys know how many kid parties you guys have done over the years? <laughs> That's tough to estimate. Um, <laughs> upwards of, I guess, a thousand. Okay. All right. So thinking about all those kids parties that you guys done, besides the the first one, the bubble flop, besides that one, what what kid party stands out that was just hysterical or just just went way out of kind of out of the realm of what you guys do? Is there is there one particular one that you guys can remember that you guys could share? I'll never forget the first time we did our grand finale was an incredible moment. So basically the grand finale was that we would put kids inside of, we put kids inside of a bubble, but we're like, you know, we, we had kind of like a thing about sending a, sending them off into a bubble spaceship. And we had the idea that we would start it by having Kevin put me inside of a bubble while I was standing on my head. So, and like, and it's like, you know, those like, it's like aluminum baking tin that you would make, make either like some pasta or some chicken in. I'm standing mm -hmm. on my head inside that thing. And Kevin puts me in a bubble head to toe and closes it on top while the theme song to 2001 A Space Odyssey is playing. And the crowd, honestly, I, we didn't know if it was going to work. I thought that I was, there was a good chance I was going to fall on the, like I was. Gonna, I thought you were going in. Yeah, yeah. I'm like kind of wobbling, but like it's impossible because you're on an aluminum pan that's slipping around on some bubbly, you know, on a bubbly right. pool. But let me tell you, coming off of that, and the blood rushing back to my feet and hearing the applause and just knowing that we pulled that off in someone's living room was insane. I'll never forget that as long as I live. That was really, that was a rush. <laughs> Dude, I have to, I have to tell you, I mean, aside from, you know, it being really focused on the kids, that's something I want to see. Yeah. That is like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, it's Cirque, it's Cirque du Soleil, kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah, kind of Cirque du Soleil. That is, that is awesome. I'll, Go ahead, Kevin. I'll, I'll never forget the, uh, the Saudi princess party. I think will always just be the most oh memorable for the, the setup and the location. I think, I think it was like an hour before they sent us the address and <laughs> we had to be at the ready. We drove up to someplace in Beverly Hills to yeah. a giant gate. Or we had to drive up a driveway for about 10 minutes. Then we got to a giant gate with armed guards. We didn't know wow. where we were going. We had really no inclination, I don't think, of what we were stepping into. No, but we, we literally performed for three children. <laughs> was, we, were, we pulled up to this palace, this giant place, and there were three kids. And a lot of bodyguards. There was only three there. there yeah, was three kids. It was just like maybe them and their cousins. It was like you know, just a casual, a casual night. That literally, the only thing I can compare it to is like be our guest, in like in Beauty and the Beast. The way like the the trays. It was literally they had like thirty trays out, and a man standing behind each of the tray to unveil them at the same time. <laughs> it was wow. Yeah, at some point we picked up that like. Maybe this was royalty, or they. I think maybe they called her the princess. Yeah, they called her the princess, which uh, is very common. Like honestly, we call everybody at our birthday shows. Like, all right, if it's a birthday girl, like, all right, who is the birthday princess? You know? Yeah, so like, of course she's the princess. Of course yeah. she's the birthday girl. I'm like, no, she's the princess. She, she is the one. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, the best thing is at the end they hand you a little envelope with some cash in and say, "Don't tell anybody where you were." <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. No, I won't. I definitely won't. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know who you are. Yeah. Um, but honestly, if that could be on the Saudi radar for anything, it's for bubble. It's for bubbling. <laughs> There's a dossier on Captain and Cat. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I think I probably would have turned around when I showed up when we, you know, showed up at the gate and there's armed guards there. I probably was like, yeah, about. We, we've had some weird things though along the way. So at the time, I guess it was just one in another line. Like we went, we played one party. I think it was a bat mitzvah that had camels. There were live. Camels oh yeah, the girl who was carried in. She was literally dancing. carried in by like four jack dudes. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like Prince Ali. Oh. Yeah, Prince like Ali, Prince yeah. Ali coming into uh, <laughs> coming wow. into town. Yeah, the worst. The worst, honestly. The worst thing we've seen is puppy parties. Because if you show up and there's a puppy party oh. at the same party, you're not getting anybody's attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can <laughs> Especially imagine. at the beginning. You cannot compete with You puppies. cannot compete with By puppies. the end, you know what? By the end of those parties, like 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes of puppies are incredible. And then kids start to wander off. And then, you know, Bubble Station kind of gets a little bit of love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys, uh, you, you might have to start incorporating puppies into your into your act so you, so you can compete. We put a dog in a bubble one time. <laughs> we, we put, I think we actually, hold on, this is true. We put three chihuahuas in a bubble. Do you remember that time in the garage where we put three chihuahuas inside of a bubble? Yeah. That was incredible. You, wow. Yeah, by the end we were putting, by the end we had a really big hula hoop. So we were able to put two people in at once. One time there was a couple that had just gotten engaged like literally the night before and I showed up and I, I, I put them both, they both stood on the platform hugging each other and I put them inside of a bubble, you know? Wow. Oh, man. So you guys, you guys are like bubble professionals now. I mean, <laughs> wind, wind permitting. If we're inside, if we're inside, I can guarantee head to toe bubbles, but outside we've learned this from experience. Also, what feels like a tiny amount of wind to bubbles is like a typhoon. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. I would love to see that. That's awesome. That's very cool. You guys are gonna have to put me in a bubble, man. That uh, uh, if only we were in person, that would be. <laughs> come on. So, are you guys gonna do any? Do you guys do any filming of your shows? Or I mean, obviously, I don't know if parents would want their kids in yeah, the film, but it's always a weird kind of even just with even getting pictures of our shows and stuff from like that period. It's. It's t and it's a little weird to ask the parents to have somebody come in and film it. And, you know, like, so that's the beauty is, is we've been able to do a lot of our stuff on green screen and, and work yeah. with the camera now. Is, right. is, and going out, we're going to go to a petting zoo next week. Like, we're going to start going out into the world and, and try out that kind of show for a while. I think it'll be a fun new challenge. Yeah. Sure. Very cool. Well, Kevin, I, I you know, I'm, Jordy, you don't have a child yet, but uh, I do want to ask Kevin kind of something pertaining to your show and also now his daughter. But you know, uh, Kevin, how do you view the show differently now that you now that you're a dad? I think it used to be much more focused on me in terms of I would think a lot more about my performance and how how am I presenting to the kids. And I think now having a daughter, it's just really more like what would I want my daughter to see? Like what? would be the best show for my daughter. And um, that really just, it's a small change of perspective when you go into this stuff, but even writing songs now, I really, I think there's a new element of heart maybe that I have into it. And yeah, because she's gonna, she's gonna start understanding this stuff soon. Although I've been playing 
music for her since she was in the womb. So I feel like she, once she's old enough to respond, is going to be a diehard fan. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it for sure. Now you guys are you guys are in California. Do you do any traveling for your shows? Or is it just strictly like Southern California area? Uh, we've we've traveled actually. I've, we were flown out to Canada to perform, and we're on like a few festivals out there. But mostly, or like especially within the last few years, we've been keeping it just LA. Mm, okay. All right. Well, very cool. So if my listeners wanted to look you up, uh, learn a little bit more about you guys, because obviously you're going to be kind of approaching these different avenues where you're going to be, you know, you have shows that you're going to be filming and you're going to be, you're looking into the coloring book. If they wanted to look you up and learn a little bit more about you, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, I'd say Instagram right now. Uh, yeah, at sure. Cap and Cat is the best spot. Um, that's just, we're posting the most relevant recent uh, updates and content. Um, CaptainandCat.com. You can follow us there. Facebook, Cap and Cat, but um, yeah, we're we're very open. We just filmed a video of ourselves playing uh, paddle ball with two paddles and two balls each. We'll be posting that soon. <laughs> so check Instagram and you'll you'll know what we've been up to in the last few hours. What a perfect yeah, what a perfect outlet for all of our weird hobbies. It's incredible. <laughs> Also, our music's on Spotify. We're on YouTube. That's probably the next big thing we'll be launching is our YouTube channel. And uh, we've got a new animation coming out. And so, um, yeah, follow us. We'd love to hear from people. And, and it really it, it means a lot to us when people respond and also just helps guide us to kind of see what our next venture is going to be. Very cool. Well, listen, um, Kevin, Jordy, Captain Cat also known as Captain Cat. I mean, I don't even know how to call you, what, what to call you guys now. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. I love that you guys are really out there to just make a difference in, in kids' lives. It's so awesome. And I'm glad that I've gotten to know you guys. I'm looking forward to us meeting in person one day, but I just want to say thank you for taking the time to really sit down with with me and, and share what you guys are up to and what you guys are doing to change kids' lives. And also, you know, Kevin, uh, well, congratulations to you, Jordan, for for getting married and 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 then Kevin obviously having the child. Um, congratulations to you on that. And just uh, look forward to uh, continuing our friendship. So thank you guys very much for being on the show. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having us. This was a blast. Thank you. And we'll try to get you on our show next. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at data podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Dad Up.